The Black Friday blowout is here, you guys. You can save up to 60% off some of my most popular courses and programs for this week only. Last year, I didn't do anything for Black Friday because it felt like everybody does sales. It's too basic. I don't want to be a part of it. And this year, I changed my mindset. And I said, if I'm going to do Black Friday, I'm going to make it fucking amazing. And I wanted to think about how I could make this the most fun possible. So here's what we are doing. We are giving you the best deals, not just of the year, but in the history of ever, of my entire business. We're talking lower prices than when I first started my business four years ago. So now you can save big money on all of the programs that are going to help you make big money. Are you ready for it? It's time for you to choose your up level because we have four incredible offers that are all on sale. Abundant and ambitious masterminds so that you can pre-enroll for 2024 now and get some special bonuses immediately access to exclusive trainings that do not exist inside of that course and snag it for the lowest price ever and a six-month payment plan option which is usually never available we also have the money bundle which is lifetime access to all three of my most powerful money courses for just the price of one this includes wealth calibration cosmic cash and the energy of money masterclass we also have from burnt out to badass on sale which is my best-selling life transformation course that really got me started and how I built a name for myself in the coaching space. And this is going to be offered at the lowest price the world has ever, ever seen it for. We also have proximity, which is my private business mentorship with just two spots available for 2024. You can apply now and get the opportunity to lock in my current rates before they go up and save over $2,000. Please note that the business programs like A&A Mastermind and Proximity, which is my one-on-one mentorship, have highly limited spaces. So if you know that you want to be a part of either of these, be ready to enroll now so that you can get ahead of the crowd. These epic Black Friday offers and never-before-seen low prices are only available from now until Monday, November 27th. That is Cyber Monday until 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So get in now. I will leave a link in the show notes for you guys where you can read all about each of these individual offers, everything that they include, the price breakdowns, the discounts, all of the things and easy accessible buttons for you to buy now if you're interested in any of these and you want to jump in on this Black Friday blowout. If you have any questions or you're not sure which offer is the best for you and your unique position or where you're at in your business, just send me a DM on Instagram. Start it with the words Black Friday in all caps so that it gets sent to the top of my inbox and I can clearly see what you need support with. I will never try to convince you to buy something that you don't actually need. I'm just here to help you get clarity and figure out what is the best move for you. If you're ready to feel hot, healed, happy, rich, and thriving in 2024, then there is definitely an offer in here for you. I will see you guys on the other side. Click the link in the show notes to learn more or the link in my bio on Instagram at underscore Samantha Daily. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the podcast. All right, this episode might just change your life. This is for all of my girls who are building businesses online, growing personal brands, trying to get into content creation or refine their brand, this episode is going to help you so freaking much. I am talking to Alyssa Chan Evangelista, who is an ex-wannabe actress out in California turned full-time social media manager and content creator. And if I were to encapsulate the energy that Alyssa brings to content creation, I feel like it's giving the Julia Fox quote of like, I know the impact, I know the influence, and I know the vibes and the girlies love the vibes. So Alyssa is just someone who gets it. She truly understands the aesthetics. She understands the challenges of content creation. She understands how to create art on social media, how to build an effective personal brand. And she's going to share with you guys some of her very best tips. Trust me, I picked her brains for you so that we could all grow together in this space. So I'm excited to dive into this conversation. We talk about so many things and your reasons why you might be struggling to come up with content ideas and that the problem that you actually have is more of a content execution problem and how to overcome that. 
we have the forbidden conversation of niche and we solve the niche dilemma once and for all. I'm telling you, this conversation is the nail in the coffin. I don't even want to talk about niche anymore after this convo. We talk about how to make content creation a natural habit rather than this daily struggle or thing on your to-do list. The key to making content that people are truly obsessed with, some core elements of an effective personal brand in today's social media climate, how to create your own signature series on Instagram or TikTok, and finally, organization hacks for filming and editing your content and staying on top of everything and keeping organized and systemized. You guys are going to love this episode. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Makeshift Happen podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Daly entrepreneur, life coach, and your no BS bestie, here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind and up-level your life. So turn the volume up and roll the windows down if you're coming along for the ride. Let's go make shift happen. hear more about your journey with entrepreneurship because as an entrepreneur myself who also works with a ton of entrepreneurs because I'm a business mentor and a lot of my clients are building online brands and coaching businesses, I know that it's a little bit different for all of us, but there's what I've found at least is there's always some sort of foundational desire for more freedom. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs feel that when they are pulled to this kind of path. But then I also think there's so many things about entrepreneurship, especially as young entrepreneurs in our 20s, that we maybe didn't really realize or like weren't expecting when we got into it. So I'd love to just hear about like your journey of what called you to work for yourself and did it turn out to be like easier or more challenging than you thought? Like what is your relationship with entrepreneurship? Oh, yes. Love this question. So I think a lot of online entrepreneurs, specifically in the online service provider space, discovered it like during the pandemic because there was really nothing else that I could do. And I was in a really fortunate place where I was in university, but I was doing it online. So I really just had so much, so much free time on my hands. And I thought, you know, I had all this free time. I I wasn't working a corporate job. I actually have never, never even stepped foot in the corporate office. And I said, okay, well, now I can start acting like I can do self tapes, I can do that. And then the industry closed down. And I was like, okay, well, that's not working. So I need to be doing something else. And social media was something that just came so naturally to me like even when I was in middle school I had my own Facebook group like our Facebook account behind my mom's back because I just I had to be on social media and then you know I just kind of it, it really was something where I was like I have so much time on my hands this is something so interesting and something that I do pretty naturally and I kind of really just started and then it went from there but I, my goal before I even started this was I wanted to be an actress I wanted to be on Disney Channel wanted to be on Broadway I thought I was gonna make it and have my like big you know breakout moment did not happen so I really ultimately just put myself on camera but, but just use my phone and then yeah I've been I've been doing it ever since now I'm a content creator and uh, online entrepreneur full-time I love that so much. I know you say in your bio that you're like an ex wannabe actress, which is funny. When I was growing (laughs) up, I always thought that I would be an actress someday too. So maybe there's like some sort of like thread in there of like, you know, someone who thrives on camera or like wanting to perform. I also danced my whole life, like being on stage. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. It kind of gives you that (laughs) what you need in order to be successful in terms of like content creation and having that personality of, of wanting to be seen. But I also think there's a lot of people that have businesses, services, products, things that they're trying to sell where maybe they don't come from that place where being on camera or being seen is supernatural to them or something that they've always desired in some sense. Like it was for us. And I work with a lot of clients who, 
you know, especially at the beginning of their businesses, they're really challenged by this idea of looking cringy or doing something that other people are going to judge or being seen as like the wannabe influencer of starting Mm. to show up on social media. And I'm sure that you get this a lot too in your work with content creators. From your perspective, is, is, do we just have to like do it anyways? Like, is there really any other way to like break through the, the cringe? Cause I remember when I first started, like I hated the sound of my voice. I, if I heard my boyfriend listening to my stories, like in the other room, I'd be like, like turn it down, stop. Like it just could not. But then over time, obviously it becomes easier. But if you have any like tips for people that are starting out that struggle with being seen, or feeling like they're going to be judged, like what do you tend to say to content creators? Yeah, uh, this comes up so much. And one of the most popular fears that I hear, regardless of the the amount of training someone has, is the fear of being seen. Because even artists and actors that have to market themselves on social media, it's still different. You're not hiding behind a character. You really are showing up as you. And a business owner, even if they don't have a lot of training, they still do have to show up. So the first thing I like to say is... Yeah, it is probably going to be bad and it is probably going to be cringy. But think about your favorite influencer. Think about your favorite artist. The first time that they ever did something, it was bad and it was really cringy. But how cool is it that you that if you continue down this trajectory, like you can look back at that and be like, well, yeah, it, it really was that way. Right. It is going to be that. And I think it's just really about accepting that everyone's going to think you're cringy. You're going to think you're cringy. That's not going to stop. Even even when you are successful, like I still even work with really large creators that have millions of followers and they have moments of that, too. So instead of leaning on, OK, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just like get better and it'll go away. It actually will never go away. So the moment that you just start embracing it, you're on it. You'll be better off in, in the long term. I talked about this recently, like the idea of imposter syndrome and trying to kind of conquer it, my realization through entrepreneurship has been that even if you get over something that initially gave you imposter syndrome, if you are growing and expanding and stretching yourself and getting into new territories in your career, it's going to come back. But that's Mm -hmm. a sign that you're actually challenging yourself. So I think if you're Mm -hmm. not feeling that like, oh my gosh, can I do this? What are people going to think? Is this good enough? You're probably not actually challenging yourself. So I agree Mm -hmm. with you in that sense of like, it's always going to be there on some level. You just start to learn how to recognize the feeling and not make it mean something that it doesn't have to mean. And so you just kind of keep going anyway. So I love Mm -hmm. that. Okay. I really hate to do this because honestly, I fucking hate the conversation about niche. <laughs> I'm so, so bored of it. Like I'm I'm sure other people are bored of it too, but they're still confused for themselves. Like shit, like should I be more niche? So you have this concept of like niching down within yourself. So I'd love for you to just talk about that because everybody is like got their panties in a bunch about the niche situation and maybe we could like end the conversation here and now once and for all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So, and I totally get it. It is really annoying. And when I came up with niche down within yourself, it really was the best of both worlds because especially on socials, the thing that's going to get a ton of traction is are the extremes. And that's just kind of the reality of it. So when I say niche down within yourself, it takes why niches have worked from the beginning of time marketing 101 because I think it would be silly to assume oh well I don't I can just do whatever I want and everybody's gonna fall in love with me or it's just totally gonna work out if I'm just doing whatever I want or I'm just being authentic right so we still need structure and strategy especially if you want to have a business you definitely need structure and strategy but what niching down within yourself really is is focusing on how and why you do something and really solidifying your brand identity over just focusing on the topic of the post. I think a lot of even business owners, but also just other content creators or influencers that are doing content creation full time are so focused on, well, what should I talk about that you really you really set yourself up if you're just focused on the what because the what is repeatable. The what can be overlapped with other businesses and other content creators, but why and how you talk about something, how you frame it, your perspective, that's your superpower, right? That's your secret to standing out. So when I say niche down within yourself, it's really focusing more on how and why you do something and the specific ways that you do that over the just, I'm just going to talk about X topic. 
Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, what I tell a lot of my clients is the spice is in the specificity. So the Mm. more specific that you can be with something, I think the better that it lands for people. And the way that I try to illustrate this or the way that I found this to be like really effective is through looking at like certain memes or the type of content that you always like send to a friend, a lot of times the the things that land with you the most or that are the funniest to you or that make you feel really seen in that piece of content, you're like, holy shit, that's so true. And also that is so weirdly specific. I didn't even know that that was like a common thing that other people struggle with. And it, it is. And so there's another, you know, kind of common saying nowadays about like what's, um, what's communal is universal or like what's common is actually Mm. everyone's or what's like super specific is really common actually. And it's what everyone is going through. And so I just remember this like one specific post that was like about parallel parking and the anxiety that you get sometimes (laughs) if you have to like parallel park in a situation. And it's like you looking up the location beforehand to see what the parking situation is about. Because if you have anxiety about parking, you will do something like that. And it was like that Usher song that's like, no, 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 no. That's me when like I find out I have to parallel park in front of like a busy restaurant or some shit like that. And you're like, so niche. It's so specific. But like it lands because that's why so the spice is in the specificity and so I think that's another way of people to thinking to think about this like niching down within your self-concept it's Mm -hmm. like yeah you could have a million people talking about fitness or a million people talking about mindset but like how specific can you get and I think this is also where storytelling comes in right Mm -hmm. like if you tell your specific story of what it was like for you or you illustrate it in a way that's that's what's going to differentiate you ultimately Yeah, totally. And I love the spices and the specificity because I think especially when it comes to going viral and gaining visibility, we think, oh, we have to talk to everyone. But actually, if you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. And the more specific that you can be, the more that you'll actually reach more of the right people. And I think that's something that a lot of people, you know, forget because of the views and the vanity metrics. And although, yeah, it's really fun when that happens and it's something that that can be celebrated, you want to be you don't want to be reaching just a ton of, you don't want to just have a ton of eyeballs on you. You want to be capturing people's like ears and hearts so that they actually care. Yeah, I know. And you talk about this idea of, you know, views not equaling sales. And I think that's one thing that we definitely agree on, especially as someone who has a service-based business. And a lot of my clients run service-based businesses. We're not necessarily, um, really like influencers in the sense where we're getting paid for likes, clicks, views, whatever. We're getting paid for people seeing our content and then actually converting to be a customer or a client of our service in some way. Mm -hmm. So you actually don't want to have millions of views all the time because what's the likelihood that those millions of people are going to convert into clients? It's really, Mm -hmm. really low. So yeah, let's talk about that idea for a minute here of like views, not necessarily equaling sales and just hoping to go viral, like not being a real strategy for your business when it comes to content. Oh my goodness. Yes. I feel like the entire podcast episode could probably be about this topic because I have had my service provider um, and my business owner clients go viral and it's great. And I'm talking millions and it's great. Every single time it happens, we have to have like a come to Jesus moment where we're like, okay, let's just have you pause for a sec because they're so overwhelmed. Even if this isn't the first time that this has happened, they're so overwhelmed. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, I don't have this specific link or I don't have a tool like ManyChat, you know, hooked up so that all these DMs are flooding in and then all these people are like, yeah, I want to work with you. And they don't even have anything. They have something, but they don't have anything to match that visibility and the capacity. So it's almost like, you know, it's it's this, like a win and loss kind of at the same time because you're like, wow, this is great, but well, what am I gonna what am I gonna do with this? And then there's also another side. I actually had another client go viral, and the messaging of her video wasn't anything hurtful at all, and she just got flooded with it. Just got on the wrong side of TikTok, flooded with the craziest comments ever, and we actually like didn't even post for a week because she she just couldn't 
she just couldn't do it and that's when we have to step in as a team and being like hey okay let's let's take care of this let's do x y and z let's let's go back to our why like we have all these like other almost you know mindset systems i guess instead of even focusing on social strategy because they don't even like have like the brain power or the will to keep going because it's so overwhelming so I would say that, but I do have another example on the flip side of it. When you do get that visibility and you have the team, you have systems, you have a good product or service, it can be amazing. It can change your life. But then we have to ask ourselves as business owners, like, okay, do I have the capacity? Do like, do I genuinely really have the capacity? And if not, that's okay. You can continue to work towards that. But that it also just shows that in your social strategy, if reach and virality and a bunch of views are your only KPI and your only goal, then there's a problem. Because just because you get a ton of views, you could do a cute little dog video on your business account and get a ton of views. And what is that actually going to mean? It's actually not going to convert to anything. Um, and then I've also had experiences with creators that are smaller that don't have the visibility, that don't have a huge amount of visibility, but oh my God they have the business side down even influencers business side down they're broken brand deals left and right making 17k in a week 22k in a week because why because they took the time to set up what the back end actually looks like what the systems look like to actually convert um and they're they're constantly in this balancing act of okay what's performing on socials but also do do my back end systems can they really back up that type of visibility and, and that type of traction so it's definitely a balancing act but and now I've just gone off into a little tangent. Views definitely do not equal sales, but views will come if you continuously like refine on socials. So also make sure that along with you becoming a better content creator and creating better content, that you're not neglecting the systems and all the backend stuff that are needed to be the creator that can handle that. Yeah, like from an energetic perspective, I talk about this a lot when it comes to money because everybody mm. wants more money. Everybody wants to manifest money. Everybody wants to make more money in their businesses. But a lot of times we have to ask ourselves, like, can we, do we even have the infrastructure in our lives and businesses set up to hold more money? And the reality for a lot of people is that they're not going to receive it until they have that infrastructure set up to be able to hold it. Or if they do receive it, they'll probably find a way to squander it or mismanagement, mismanage it because they're not prepared for it. This is like the classic example of what happens to lottery winners. 75% of them end up bankrupt because they didn't, they weren't prepared for wealth. And I think the same thing happens with, as you're talking about visibility on social, if you're not prepared to receive it, then it's really going to mean nothing ultimately for mm -hmm. your business and your brand. And it actually could hurt you in the long run because if you have the wrong piece of content go viral, then you have a bunch of random people in your audience now who aren't actually interested in buying your service because the video that they came from was something that was totally unrelated. Like you were talking about the, the dog video, right? Yeah. Yeah. So totally. yeah, I think, that, I think that's a really good point of like making sure that, you know, the back end is set up to hold that level of visibility that you're desiring. And also, of mm. course, working on refining not only your content, but also your product or service. Totally, totally. Have you heard of like the 10K slump? Uh, like in terms of views? In ter no, in terms of money. Um, so like because everyone wants to make their first 10k right like the first 10k like it's just it's like, been idealized like 10k exactly. months <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then after we get to the 10k month mark for some reason it's just not like it's great but you also were like so what's the next step 100 100k or oh i made a 10k month but my life hasn't completely changed or well now what do i do with it you know what i mean like the, it, there's so much that happens after the money milestones that it, it's kind of frustrating and sad that we work towards it so much but then once it happens it's actually not there's actually a lot of kind of like more any more money more issues <laughs> there's actually a large amount of issues that happen that no one can really prepare you for um and even if i i guess even if you did like the mindset work too it's like once you're there it's just so different from what you imagine it in your head yeah i did an episode recently about like the five keys to fulfillment and kind of talking about this exact phenomenon of like consistently moving the goalpost because once mm. you get there you realize like oh this isn't 
Like I don't feel how I thought that I would feel once I arrived. And also you have a create new problems. It's, you know, you solved one problem, which was, I didn't know if this was going to work or if I was going to be successful. And then you proved that you have proof of concept that your product or service works and that people want it and they're buying it from you and you're making money. But now you have Mm -hmm. a whole new set of problems, which is that you probably have, you know, customer service issues or you need more team or you're not, you don't know how to be a leader or, you know, you're learning new stuff about how to scale. So it's like more money new problems, more mm-hmm. views, new problems. Yeah, exactly. So you never, you never actually get to the place where you're like, and now there are no problems. <laughs> right. Totally. Totally. Entrepreneurship is, is the, the craziest ride ever because it, it's like, it's, it's not even, you can't win. There's no winning. There's no finish line. It's like, it's a marathon where they just keep putting obstacles in front of you and you just kind of have to decide how you're going to go and move through the obstacle or you just completely stop but you're always moving yeah Alex Hermosi's podcast is called the game and he always says the you know the purpose of the game is to keep playing Mm -hmm. so like that's it it's like you just keep going (laughs) there's no finish line there's no winner there's no nothing you either lie down and you quit or you find a way to keep playing and that's that's really just it Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. okay I I feel like I want to hear you speak to the idea of coming up with content ideas, because this is another really common problem that a lot of my clients face. They're like, I struggle with like coming up with content ideas or planning content. And I've heard you say before that you don't have a content ideation problem. You have a content execution problem. So Mm. let's unpack that a little bit for people that are like, all right, cool. I'm feeling motivated and I want to do better with content, but like, what the fuck do I talk about? Yes. Okay. So if we're going to like map out and create a game plan, let's say on paper, and I'm going to specifically talk about business owners and service providers, and I think that would be more helpful than maybe like the creator influencer. If you have a business or service, you probably already have some main key topics that your business by nature will will have, right? So those can then be your content pillars or the main topics that you talk about. And then within every single one of those pillars, you can start jotting down what those ideas actually are. And how I the, my main inspiration when it comes to, okay, well, I know the topics, how am I going to talk about them is you have so much content that is coming out from conversations that you're having already, whether you're a product or service based business, you're having conversations with your clients, you're having conversations in yourself, I always like to say it's shower thoughts. <laughs> chef's kiss for content because it's just so free or you in your car right so you're already like people are already asking you questions and then for some reason we forget that it's literally right in front of us so two tips that I really really like are uh, actually no one tip that I really really like I used to say the first one which is jotting it down in your notes app which I think can also it it can be fine but I like um, voice messaging either myself or making a little voice memo because the thing about content too especially if you do face to camera it's not just what you say it's how you say it so if you're really excited about a content idea I want you to record it and so that you can also emulate the energy behind it when I know it sounds like oh energy but the energy really does matter I mean that's why we watch television that's why we watch movies if an actor what came on set and was just reciting lines uh it would it would tank right it's how they say it and I want you to kind of emulate that passion and that excitement when you do create your content. Um, So I think a lot of people, especially business owners, very often will overthink it, sometimes because they're watching creators who don't have a business. So then they're like, oh, okay, well, this is the get ready with me, right? Get ready with me work. And it's like, okay, well, are you talking about product or service? Are you hitting on the pain points, the wants, the transformations? If you're not, then maybe a get ready with me is like a a nice add-on for community building but again you have to have specific goals so if you have your content pillars then have specific goals for each piece of content this is my visibility content this is my nurture content this is a content that matches maybe a sale or something something that you're doing in the business yeah and then from there Instead of being like, oh, okay, well, what like, what should I talk about? Lean on your own experiences. You, I think, you know, especially business owners, just don't even give themselves enough credit of like, well, you built this business. <laughs> you built this, but you, you have something, right? We're working with something. We're not just going like, oh, okay, I have to create content. So then I have nothing. You built an entire business. You have something to work with. 
that was really long <laughs> to answer your question. No, yeah, that was really good. And I think it reminds me of something that one of my past clients, uh, Tyla, some people listening might know her as Styla Socials. Mm-hmm. She obviously talks a lot about, you know, content and TikTok growth and that's kind of her expertise and stuff. And, and she came into one of my masterminds recently to help our students with their content. And we were having this conversation about like humanizing your content and how that's something that is really working right now is kind of like stripping it back and obviously being more yourself, being more raw, more authentic, more natural. And I think that correlates to exactly what you're saying of like, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And that goes back to the conversation of niching down within yourself of like, how can you say this in a way that is really natural and authentic to you? But I think people get stuck. Like the word authentic is so overused at this point Mm -hmm. that we think that like authenticity is like crying on camera or something. Mm. And what you're saying is like authenticity is the natural emotion that you felt when the idea came to you. And so Mm -hmm. a great way to capture that is to voice note yourself the ideas rather than writing them down. Because I do think also when we begin to write, we almost try to control the narrative a little bit or like perfect Mm -hmm. it. Like there's an element of wanting to make it better as Mm -hmm. you're typing it out. Whereas when you're sending it to yourself in a voice note, you're like, I'm never going to use this for anything. It's just for me to remember the idea. But I think Mm -hmm. that's the beauty in what you're saying is like that voice note comes off really, really natural and Mm -hmm. really, Mm -hmm. really like, you know, core to your personality and how you felt in that moment, which is what you should emulate when you actually do turn it into a piece of content. Yeah. And it's, it's really about taking off the presenter hat, which I think is really hard for business owners because there is, there is a sense of like presenting that we have to do when we, when we are, when we're on our customer service, you know, voice and we're doing things that we're not going to do with our friends. It's, it, it is different when you have a business, but it really is about like lessening the presenting and upping sharing. Yeah. That's that humanized approach to content. Yeah, I love that. Taking off the presenter hat. I think that's going to help a lot of people Mm. make like the energetic shift when they're creating content. Okay, what are some, just to give people some more like concrete ideas of how to humanize the content more and actually do this. Can you think of any examples that you see really clearly on social right now of people that are like not doing this? Like when you see it and you're like, ah, like that's not the vibe obviously the mm. presenter voice, but like just so we can paint the vision for people of like what it what it is and what it isn't. Probably very overused hooks like, um, you know, the three tips too, or uh, I, even t- I even talked about the influencer accent. I, and I know it's so easy on socials just to kind of see something and be like, okay, yeah, that, that'll, that'll work for me. But the thing about socials is that your viewer is so smart and things happen so fast. So if you are going to do like the three tips too, um, you know, that's been done before. We've seen that before. Or like do this one thing, right? You sound very robotic and very not <laughs> like you want to have a con- – if, if you really want to connect with people, connect with people and have a genuine conversation, make your content more conversational. So I think it's not doing – the if so, if you're seeing something that's happening a lot probably do the opposite actually a really good example of this is get ready with me's are so popular right alex earl monet mcmichael like amazing social media stars that's kind of how they they grew their following but there was like an anti get ready with me where it was like get unready with me and then mm-hmm. it was like a transition where they're already ready and it, it popped off right and it's so it's funny and it's super clever and it's like oh they're like yep didn't want to talk didn't want to talk to you did not want to do didn't want to show you my product i just wanted to make this video <laughs> and that's really it which i think is really funny so if there's something that everybody is doing try to do the opposite because it's probably going to end up going that way anyway um but business owners especially fall into this trap of like just taking a hook template and then using it not that there's anything wrong with it but if you're just taking a template and again reading it off like a script you really are doing yourself a disservice because if you don't talk like that then don't do it or if you do want to use it use it exactly as what it is it's a template 
templates are customized, even a script, it's customized. So maybe if it's not three tips too, maybe the messaging is the same. Yeah, you're going to give three pieces of value, but you don't have to open up with three tips too. Maybe you open up with a specific problem that your ideal clients has or a want or maybe um, something that you helped your client go through that matches the want of your ideal client audience and you lead with that. There's so many different ways to convey the same messaging without doing the thing that that guru said to do online and that specific script and template to do. Yeah. I love the idea of like customizing, customizing things that are working, but like making them unique to you. Again, it goes back to the whole thing that we're saying about humanizing the content, niching down within Mm -hmm. yourself. It's like, yes, do hooks work? Yes. Do they help stop people scroll? Yes. Is there psychological proof behind the fact that, you know, when you put numbers in something like the three tips too, that people's brain light up a little mm-hmm. bit because there's that curiosity element of like, I've got to know all three for whatever fucking reason. Mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm, feel mm-hmm. that way. Like, are those things true? Absolutely. But you've got to be able to infuse your own kind of like style and flavor in your content when doing that. So I, an example of like something that just came to mind, I posted a video just the other day about how I stopped doing weekly calls with my private clients and I transitioned to like a bi-weekly model and there, it was like a four tips type thing, but I started the video off by saying I used to see my clients every single week and then I stopped and here's mm. why. This works really well for four specific reasons and I'm going to tell you them. The first one is this, the second one is, so it's still like four things you can make lists and things like that but finding ways to make it unique and make it your own yeah I love this example too because it's not super crazy changes you know no one's telling you scream on camera and be this super crazy you know I mean if that's your energy that's your energy and and we love to see it but it doesn't have to it can be exactly what you said very very small nuances and there's actually so much power in just very small little shifts and changes um that you know, I think a lot of people like a lot of people kind of see over that because they're just looking at the bigger, the big businesses and big entrepreneurs and what they're doing. And it's like, well, that worked for them, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to work for you because we are not trained actors and the camera is unblinking. So if you're not a trained actor putting up a front, no one's blinking and the camera won't blink at adjust. The camera will just catch you trying to be something that you're not. And when it comes to that cringe factor, um, I know a lot of people say like being cringy doesn't exist. Actually, I think the cringiest thing to see online and it's uh, like it's more sad to see online is seeing someone think that they have to be someone that they're not or present a different version of themselves because they think that that's what we want from them when nobody's asking for it. I mean, yes, if you do like a full-on character and it's really obvious and you have this brand persona, yeah, that's different. But if you are the everyday person being showing up online for the first time and you are so clearly just emulating who your favorite creator is or doing something just because someone else just because someone else did it and it worked for them, we we can we can read that really really quickly. Yeah. I know I had a post once that people really liked and it was about not copying your mentor. And at the end of it, mm. I was just like, less she wore army pants and flip-flops. So I wore army pants and flip-flops and more just yes. like, I'm out here doing whatever the fuck I want. So yeah, like being yourself. But I think it it is hard for people when they feel like, you know, I think when I started showing up more on Instagram, I didn't know that I was going to build a personal brand. I didn't know that I was going to become a coach at the time. I didn't know that I was in the early stages of building a business. And I think that served me really well because I just shared more naturally from my heart without trying to position myself in any certain way to get people to change their behavior or buy something from me, which I think is really challenging because obviously nowadays the social climate has changed a lot and there are people that are going into social media with the purpose of I want to grow a brand or expand my brand or sell more of my products and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think that I'm like holier than thou because I didn't have that intention initially. I think it's just a reflection of the times and what people were doing back then versus now. But Mm. For someone who is actively working towards building a personal brand on social media nowadays, are there any like core elements that you feel like make up a really effective personal brand that we could maybe talk about? Oh, totally. And it is to be authentic, but strategic at the same time. I think what's really hard about a personal brand is that because we are so, because it is a personal brand, right, we are 
tied into the brand, it's hard to separate. But the truth is, is that you have to, because if this, if this brand is going to be profitable at some point, there's entrepreneurship there. There's the CEO hat really already coming to play there. I always like to say you are not your brand. Your vibe is your brand. So you do have to separate the two, um, not only for like the mental health reasons, but also because you as a person, sometimes you can't just say, oh, well, I don't want to do, you have a re let's say you have a brand you know, uh, sponsorship. Oh, well, what's authentic to me is like, I'm tired. I don't want to do it. Okay, well, then you lose the you lose the partnership then or, you know, if you want to be a content creator, you have to be creating content. If you're not creating content, you're not a content creator. And the reality is, is that sometimes there are going to be days that feel really, really tough. So I want people to start separating like, okay, well, this is how I feel right now. But like, what's going to be best for the brand? Yes, of course, we want to have balance. But again, there has to be some sort of like differentiation. So that's the first thing that I would say. And then on the topic of being strategically authentic, what I mean by that is authenticity can mean so many different things. Authenticity can be we're, we're multi-passionate, multi-dynamic human beings. But if you're going to show up as the, those 10 different versions of yourself, we, we all know the saying, if you confuse, you lose. It's going to be really confusing. So what I like to do with my clients when I start creating their foundations for their social strategy before even talking about content and content pillars and SEO tips, I like to start pulling out the parts of them, the authentic parts of them that they want their brand to emulate that they can consistently show up in online and that and i'll lead me to my next point which is the consistency factor it's not just about the amount of times you're posting but how and who you are when you are posting so if you are if you have this like crazy bubbly energy and you're here and you're like la, 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 you know and it's like oh wow she's so fun and then the next day it doesn't match that there's a consistency problem there. And we as viewers, we're not seeing every single part of you. We're not, your viewers are also like, you can have a connection with your viewers, but your viewers don't have the context of you as a whole person. They're only seeing you through what you show online. So to be really consistent in your personal brand, in your delivery, in the way that you show up is super important. So if you are trying to start your personal brand, Start separ separating the fact that you are not your brand, your vibe is your brand. And when it comes to showing up authentically, which is just such a buzzword and something that we hear all the time, start choosing the parts of yourself that you want your brand to emulate because that's still authentically you instead of being like, okay, well, I'm just going to show up as me. That's it. <laughs> there's, a, there's no strategy there, right? And you can't just, you know, oh, I'm just show up as me and then kind of assume that people are going to follow along your journey. You still have to frame it in a way where it's easy for people to digest that. Um, and then the third thing that I will say, not that I haven't been talking for so much, is lifestyle pillar. I will die on the hill of having a lifestyle pillar. I very rarely say for every single person or brand to do something, but I will say this is something that always comes up when I talk to my clients is have a lifestyle pillar, which is basically three to five elements of your life of you that you feel comfortable with showing up online. And I don't want it to relate to your niche or your industry. I want it to be the it can be the boring, it can be the mundane, it can be not impressive at all, whatever those things are, I want you to start integrating that within your content, because it just helps you be accountable to making room for you and your content, especially as a business owner, when we are a service provider, right? What, why do we start a business? We are of service to people. We want to give value to people. But at the same time, we do want to allow connection to happen. How do we do that? We actually have to put ourselves out there. So that kind of holds people accountable to doing that. Mm. Okay, so many thoughts. So many yeah. things coming through <laughs> for me on this. Okay, I love the idea of like, you are not your brand, your vibe is your brand. When I, when I teach brand, we talk a lot about how brand, what it really means at the end of the day is reputation. It's mm -hmm. what people remember about you and think about you when you've left the room. Mm -hmm. Like the lasting impression is the brand. It's like this weird, like ethereal, like invisible, like essence. And that's why it's mm -hmm. so hard for people to define. It is, it's an energy. It's your vibe. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. your reputation. It's how you make people feel. So I think it is really important what you're saying about being strategic in how you want that to come across mm -hmm. and making mm -hmm. sure that your content kind of matches that feeling that you want to transmit to people. With that being said, you know, we all have life shit that happens and there are days where maybe we're not in an energy that we feel like is the part of ourselves or our vibe that we want to showcase mm. so from your perspective like and maybe we can even get into like some 
content planning strategies or tips and things so that you don't have to be bound to create every single day because Mm -hmm. you know you are going to be in different energies every single day but just really quickly like quality over quantity do you have a personal preference or feeling about that and then Mm -hmm. yeah let's talk like all right how to actually plan your content so that you're not like oh I'm sad today so I can't do anything Yes, yes. And you're so right. And it's not that and I'm not saying that you can't be human, right? And even when you're the most vulnerable, I don't know about you when when I'm the most vulnerable, that's when my engagement, you know, increases so much because I'm having those, you know, raw conversations with people. So of course, it's not this like shield that you're putting up because again, it is rooted in your authenticity. So that's the number one thing here. Um, It's more about like what's happening in the back end. And what are the systems and things that we can do to combat any like self-sabotage or even just like stuff that happens in life that we have no control over can we have a system or something in place and one yes of course it's nice to have a team but if you don't have a team it could be the fact that um you are 110 million percent allowed to repeat yourself and this is so great when you don't want to show up you can repeat oh repeat yourself over and over i have literally copied and pasted my own content so many times especially when i'm like oh my gosh, I have nothing. Like, I just forgot. Like, uh, you know, I have nothing. Well, boom, we can take a piece of content. And why would that not be helpful? There's so many of us that are like, oh, new, 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 new content, new content, when actually new content could honestly be hurting not only you and like your own mental health to think like, oh, it constantly has to be new, but it actually can hurt your audience. And if we talk about conversion and being memorable and having a memorable brand and wanting to sell, you have to repeat yourself. There's no way that you cannot repeat yourself because how many times do we see something over and over and over again before we make the actual purchase decision? We need to hear some of the same thing seven times to even remember it. So why would you not repeat yourself? So that's from like a content planning standpoint, when you look at your entire content calendar, If everything is a new topic or something completely new, there's probably strategy wise, you're probably missing something there. And actually, you can scale back a little bit. What I like to say is if you have one content idea, try to put it like have different iterations of that content idea. So if you have one content idea, let's say you do something that's more quick and snappy and like a face to camera, and then you can elaborate deeper into that messaging in a carousel or a longer video. And then you can do the same thing and put that that um, really like punchy message in a text overlay to a reel. They're all repeating your, they're, you're repeating yourself, but you're just framing it in a different way because one, again, human beings need to hear something seven times to remember it. But what if the first one didn't hit with X person in your audience? Then you're just now accommodating to different learning types and learning styles as well. So when you look at your calendar, it's not really about more content ideas. We have a lot of content ideas. Like I think most people actually have way more content ideas than they think they have. But it's that execution of well, how do I post about this in a way that's effective? Repeating yourself is probably going to be the most effective thing that you can do. I love that idea. And I've started utilizing repurposing way more in my in my content in the past like year I would say but for the first couple of years it was that like always uphill battle of like what am I going to say now and what am I going to say now and I already talked about manifestation and I already did a post on that and it's like okay and everybody fucking forgot already yeah or (laughs) or the fact that like only like one percent of your followers even see your stuff like your post so Mm -hmm. yeah take one banging idea that you have and split it into three different pieces of -hmm. content I also want to circle back quickly because as we were talking about this, like having a through line of your vibe and your brand, and I'm wondering like if you think that signature series and things like that is something that really helps kind of like prop that up or make you memorable as you were speaking about. Oh my gosh, yes. I love a good signature style series. And there's so many creators that do this really, really well. And something that I've been working with all pretty much all of my clients to kind of craft their own. But yeah, a signature style series would would definitely, you know, put your personal brand at the forefront because it's something that you have to repeat over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it's not just the topic. That doesn't make it a signature. Signature means it's something custom to you. So to have a really successful signature style series, your personal brand has to be at the forefront or it can't even be a signature style series. I would say something like that is harder to actually create and come up with but it's the most fun because there's no rules you're not following a trend you're not just uh you know just 
kind of ranting away at the camera, it is definitely more curated. But once it's there, you already have a template and then you just kind of plug and play either the topic or the place or whatever that kind of like more free variable would be. But that that's a really good point. Whereas like that's a common through line. People can remember you over and over and over again because you are repeating yourself over and over and over again. So for people that might not know what like a signature style series is, can you give like an example or kind of explain it? Yes. So it's basically just a piece of content that you repeat over and over and over and over again on your page, something that's memorable, something that you can be known for. Um, a client that I worked with for her own signature style series, her, her name is Tiffany Moon on Instagram and TikTok. And we did, um, <clears throat> she basically has like things that my 13 year old daughter um, has or stuff that I'm doing with her that I didn't have. And she'll always start off with that. And then she'll walk through and kind of document that story. And regardless of what they're doing, that's not the part that matters. I like to think about it as maybe your own mini reality TV show or mini little segment because a reality TV show will have a very set structure. It'll open up with the mom and the daughters spilling the tea on the couch. And then the song of the show will come on. It's very predictable. The structure itself is predictable. What happens within the story is that kind of plug and play. So that's how I like to think about signature style series. It's a piece of content where maybe your structure and story that you tell is the same, but it changes depending on like what the actual topic is. Um, another really good example of this would be uh, Jules. She does, um, it's high maintenance to be low maintenance time on TikTok. I I adore her so, so much. And she basically is just like always trying different little like treatments around New York or treatments around LA. And she'll always start in a very similar way. She'll start with a 0.5 camera. She'll open up her 0.5 camera. She's walking on the street. She says the same thing over and over again. The structure is very similar. She reviews the place, talks about her story, talks about, you know, her reviews of it. And we know what to expect. And there's something very comfortable about um, a piece of content that's very predictable. And once something is predictable because you repeat it, then it becomes memorable. Another long-winded answer. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. I have never really done my own signature style series, and so I wanna, I wanna challenge myself to try. Yes, it. please. I, do you find that like people typically like they they do a piece of content and then they're like, oh my god, that really landed or that worked really well. I could just like repeat it and keep doing it forever. Is that how people typically land on their signature style series? Or do you think that they like plan them ahead of time? They're like, this is going to be it. And then they just go from there. Um, I think like if I'm thinking about like OG TikTokers when it was way easier to go viral, I think that they just kind of tried a ton of ideas and then something hit and something stuck. And then they emulated that and kind of repeated that throughout. Yes. Um, but I have worked with clients where we kind of map out either. I mean, sometimes it's really specific. Sometimes it's just kind of like a framework and then you kind of go from there. But that's a part of the content creation process. You're always going to be experimenting. So I would say, you know, have an idea that's unique to you or something that I did with one of my clients is like, I was like, okay, well, what's happening in your life that happens every single day? And let's just create content around it because it had to be really, really easy. So it has to be repetitive. Again, think reality TV show. A reality TV show is actually strategically authentic because they're documenting what's happening, but they're putting little tips and tricks and, you know, structure here and there. So another way that you can do this is what's happening in your life that's already naturally repeating itself so that it's easy to create content. And how can we add some structure and some oomph under that? So if that is your get ready with me's or your morning coffee talks and you and then we put something in there that's a little bit more strategic but we at least know the structure and the place that would be a really good starting point so that it's very easy for you to create because something else that I've noticed about a signature style series is they're pretty high production for the for the most part like the high maintenance speed low maintenance she's actually going out and doing the things tiffany moon signature style series they are going out and doing the thing um but what's really nice is that it's heavy in on like the production and the content creation but usually it works across platforms so instead of creating a whole whole new content that works per platform you have a really strong piece of content that you can cross post and it will perform regardless of the platform that you posted it on yeah okay so speaking of like you know cross platforms and this stuff a lot of people are torn between like where do i put my attention on instagram on tiktok do I, is it worth it for me to try to do both at the same time? If I hate one of them, should I not do it or should I force myself? Like what, 
is the vibe. Yes, I get this question so much. And I actually had a client who asked me this question too. Like, okay, is it Instagram or is it TikTok? She was more comfortable on Instagram though. I ideally, I would want all of my clients to be on both because they both serve different purposes. And even if the messaging of your content is consistent, which it should be, the delivery is also still so different. Um, so I would say, Whatever platform that you're really comfortable on, let's start there and get you comfortable there. And then that's usually when I start shifting over. But ideally, I would like to have all my clients on both Instagram and TikTok because they're so different. Instagram is amazing. Not that TikTok isn't, but Instagram is so great for community community and nurture, right? Because it's a social media platform. There's... There's so many different features on Instagram, like Instagram stories, like DMs, like voice messages, like the stickers that you can post and, and the engagement stickers that you can post on Instagram. And yes, TikTok has stories too, but it's still not at the level that Instagram has it. Whereas TikTok, it's the SEO, it's discoverability. It's the fact that you have new eyes, new fresh eyes on your content um, that maybe you couldn't get on Instagram, especially before Reels. So they both are different. I like to think about it like a double bubble, like you're strategy should have that kind of in between where they both meet but you should still be treating them as separate platforms because the reality is that they're both separate platforms so to answer your question because i've been long-winded this whole time is i want you to choose whatever platform you're the most comfortable with but have that kind of big vision in mind that at some point if you're just gonna have a business on one platform that that's probably gonna be hurting you in the long run so have the vision of like at some point i will expand Yeah, I think it's important for people if they're really like struggling to just even show up that they first kind of find some consistency Mm. and they figure out their style and being able to show up online and all that and then kind of like expand into Mm -hmm. dual platforms because I do see a lot of people try to do everything all at once from the beginning and then they're like so overwhelmed and can't handle it but you did mention like they are very different platforms and I see this a lot with like my clients who are business owners is they feel like TikTok is good for visibility better for visibility I should say but Instagram is better for like higher quality leads and conversion a lot of people find it hard to convert to sales on TikTok because there is no there, like you were saying, there's not as much of like the community element of really feeling like you know the person. And so maybe that limits the conversion because of what we know about like no one trust leading people to buy. Do you have any tips for your clients that are on both, like getting people to go from TikTok to Instagram? Like how do you help your audience cross pollinate so that they can convert? Yeah, yeah. I would say um if you wanted to convert your let's say you have a larger audience on tiktok and you wanted to convert them over to instagram one just repeating the fact that you have an instagram and that they should follow you on there or kind of giving them an incentive to actually do it maybe you are going to save these extra tips or you're going to document this process and leave links on instagram stories because that's something that first of all we've been waiting for instagram to just let everyone have the links feature which finally they did which is awesome but that's something that tiktok doesn't have so maybe you give them an incentive um to do that also even having a instagram presence in the first place um you should should probably have that too because if you're going to say oh yeah go to my Instagram and you're not posting anything on Instagram that is unique or different or a value or just something then obviously you're not going to be able to convert over there so um so yeah those are like two things so a nice CTA and repeating yourself even if you think it's annoying but repeat yourself repeat yourself repeat yourself and then also if you do have the capacity and you're you're converting over you're converting people over there have something to actually convert them to don't just say oh follow my Instagram and then you're not really doing much on there yeah yeah I mean I the same thing is for podcasts like if you want more people to listen to your podcast talk about your podcast on your social media tell people to go listen to your podcast post shit Mm -hmm. about your podcast Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. the the tip is underrated that you've just shared of like repeat yourself repeat yourself repeat yourself and repeat yourself some more so that's always a really good reminder for people um yeah, you can't repeat yourself enough, whether it's with mm-hmm. repurposing content or resharing ideas, looking back at stuff that really landed for your audience and 
doing it again, whether you're copy and paste the exact same post with the exact same video or you like make it again with a new B-roll or a new video, Mm -hmm. new talking Mm -hmm. video. But repeating yourself is something that I think people can definitely do a lot more, myself included. Yeah. And, And the thing about repeating yourself too is that you get to refine it every time. I mean, I know social media and content creation is so new, but like the art in it is something that we've seen before a dancer will not just do a dance one and done <laughs> one and done I'm go- no 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 they'll do it again and again and again and again and then they'll stop and then they'll do like oh I'm like redoing it next year oh my gosh I'm doing it again and then they get better and better and better uh, artists do this all the time they even bring back their old songs and then it's like oh wow I didn't like that song before and then 10 years down the line the 10 year anniversary we're like wow I forgot about that song it's actually really good so if you really love your content ideas give them a fair shot by continuing to refine and repeat yourself just because something didn't work one time it's not like a didn't work didn't go viral like okay well then you didn't love the content did did you really love that content idea to begin with and most of the time it is yes and most of the time it is that like that kind of self-defeat but I want to challenge you anytime that you feel that way to be like no this is a good idea I'm gonna do it over and over and over again until it until I am satisfied with it until I am happy with it and then look you just became a better content creator just uh, just like that dancer that dancer that did that dance 10 million times is a better dancer just by them refining and practicing over going oh well I didn't do that correctly the first time or even the second time or the third time and then just giving up I also think there's a really good point in what you're saying when it comes to knowing like your core message as a creator or as a personal brand because if you're constantly just trying to come up with new ideas you like when someone's like oh what like what's your story or if you had to get on stage and give a speech like you would be like okay what do I talk about because I have so many things and I think that's a thing that I hear a lot is people are like well I'm so multi-passionate and I have so many interests and so many things and so having that like repetition and that through line through Mm. your content over and over again will also help you find out oh like these things are really landing for my audience and they really Mm. light me up this is like a core pillar or like a core piece of my story of my brand and that will obviously serve you and your business a ton moving forward yeah I love that. And maybe the reason why so many people are having such a hard time with content is that they don't have any sense of core messaging. So it's through content. And if it's if if you need to find that through content, then give yourself the opportunity to find it through content. And what I mean by that is do it messy, do it ugly, do it cringy, because as you continue to create more content, you only win. Because you only get better at creating content. And if you don't have that core messaging, then maybe that and but once you get it, it's so easy to repeat because you're like, oh, that's my thing. That's my vibe. And then people can even share that. Oh, that's her vibe. That's her thing. That girl, even if you don't know her name yet, like, yeah, she's the girl that always does this or oh my gosh, she's so funny. She's always like giving that type of energy. And then it becomes so easy. Yeah, it becomes kind of like your essence, the thing that you're known for, which I think is really, really, really highly valuable. So I mm-hmm. wanted to kind of like extrapolate that from what you said, because I think that's actually a really great tip. Okay, I want to close on just f- some final like nitty gritty things. Any organization tips or like it's mm. like settings that you always use to shoot in or is there a way that you organize like when you film content do you always do it on camera roll versus you're creating it in app like if you're cross pollinating or you know you're posting something on multiple platforms like how do you keep it organized any like little strategic tips for like back-end stuff that you might have yes and, and I love that you brought this up because content workflow is so important so incredibly important it, it will make or break the content creation process for you so a few organization tips I have is if you do either like a brand shoot or a vlog make an album and title it with the date so that if you do need to edit it you have it already. You're not looking through the recents in your camera roll. You're looking at it at like, okay, this is the day that I'm going to do it. I think especially for business owners, creating intuitively, some t- most of the time, if not like nine out of 10 times, it, it just like doesn't work for them, especially if you're going to have a team. Like there's no way that your social media manager is going to be like, yeah, create intuitively. Your social media manager is going to go, what? Intuitive? 
<laughs> please don't do that. I so if you- had this firsthand as soon as we got oh, really? <laughs> a video team on board for the podcast. They're like, excuse me, where are the next like three episodes so that we can start working on them? Whereas, you know, I used to be used to being able to just record. I'm like, oh, this is going to go up tomorrow. I'm like, well, we'll just yeah. quickly edit it and like throw it up there. And the more that you want to scale and grow and expand, it's just not going to be sustainable. So absolutely. When more people are in the mix, it's very hard to just fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah, exactly. It could work if you are exactly like doing it on your own. But even then just doing it on your own, unless you're really skilled, like unless you can just like it comes natural to you to edit, I would start just even doing a weekly or biweekly batch creation every week or 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 set it in like a biweekly schedule where you know, day one is content ideas and content planning. Uh, content ideas content planning and then you have day two which is actual filming and then day three which is your actual editing do not film your content and then edit it on the same day I promise your eyeballs are going to be fried and you're like all the energy that you just exerted being on camera you won't have any energy for editing not that your editing has to be crazy but even just like oh well what sound am I going to use and what how is the text overlay going to show up and is it going to pop on this beat or that beat like if you're doing that level of editing just save it for a different day um, so I would say that so batch creation not not even a month just a week to bi-weekly so you can get it into a good work flow and then because you're going to scale your business and because you're going to be multi seven fig and you're just going to be that girl then when you hire a team oh my gosh it's going to be so easy because you're like don't worry I already have a system don't worry I know what it's like to be organized because what and what I found is that even when I work with my clients who just have been kind of doing it intuitively instead of focusing on the social strategy which is fine because it's just as important instead of jumping into content we do have to refine the content workflow because if we're going to play this the long game and do it sustainably the content workflow has to match Hmm. such good tips oh my god I love it I'm a big fan of doing my things on two separate days so Mm. I'll do like ideation and caption writing and that sort of thing on one day and then I shoot everything a different day and I do that pretty much every single week and I know there's a lot of intuitive girlies that have resistance which I did myself as well but what I will say is I started doing that at the beginning of 2023 and my content changed so much my audience grew Mm. a lot I had two reels get into multiple millions of views like Mm. so I do think that there is value in having that kind of like foresight and organization and then again when you bring people on and you want to get support and team members it is imperative that you have a system that other people can understand and they can support you in rather than you just being like a chaotic of like oh I don't really know it's all just like in my camera roll and I just kind of like figure it out on the day (laughs) of like no one can help you with that then Yep, totally. Yep, agree, agree, agree. Oh my God, so much good stuff in this episode. You've given us so much freaking value, Alyssa. Thank you so much for your time. Can you tell everybody where they can find you and hang out with you and get content help from you if they need it? Sure. Yeah. So it was an honor to be here. I feel like this could have been hours long. So I'm so happy that we did this in an hour so that you guys get all the tea. But um, yeah, if you wanted to connect, I am just at Inspired Media Co on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want to work with me, send me an email, send me a DM. I offer one-on-one intensives, VIP weeks, and I have some exciting um, other offers planned for 2024. So yeah, keep your eye out. Yay. Okay. We are going to link all of Alyssa's stuff in the show notes for you guys. If you loved this episode, if you got value from it, which I'm positive that you did, take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories, tag us both. Let us know what you loved about the episode. If you have a business friend or a content creator friend, copy the link to this episode and send it to them. Let them know that you were thinking about them and let's all kind of like grow and expand and get better at content too. Thank you so much, Alyssa. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye.